Section 18 of City of Endless Night by Milo Hastings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter 14 Continued. Parts 5 through 7. The black spot is erased from the map of the world, and there is dancing in the sunlight on the roof of Berlin. Part 5 as i came to the vessel no one was in sight but the regular guards pacing along the loading docks i mounted the ladder to the deck the second officer stood by the open trap they are waiting for you he said the admiral himself is below he came with his lady to see you off i hastened to descend and saw von kufner and marguerite chatting with captain grauble why the delay asked von kufner it is nearly the hour of departure and i have brought the princess to bid you farewell we have been showing her the vessel it is all very wonderful said marguerite with a calm voice but her eyes spoke the feverish excitement of a great adventure the princess marguerite said von kufner is the only woman who has ever seen a submarine since the open sea traffic was closed but she has seen it all and now we must take our leave for it is time that you should be off as he finished speaking the admiral politely stepped away to give me opportunity for a farewell word with marguerite grauble followed him and as he passed me he gave me a look of gloating triumph and then opened the door of his cabin which the admiral entered i'm going with you whispered marguerite grauble understands there was the sound of a scuffle and a strangled oath grauble's head appeared at the cabin door here armstadt be quick and keep him quiet i plunged into the cabin and saw von kufner crumpled against the bunk his hands were manacled behind him and his mouth stuffed with a cloth with an exulting joy i threw myself upon the man as he struggled to rise i easily held him down and whipping out my own kerchief i bound it tightly across his mouth to more effectively gag him then rolling him over i planted my knee on his back while i ripped a sheet from the bunk and bound his feet from without i heard grauble's voice in command close the hatch then i felt the vessel quiver with machinery in motion and i knew that we were moving along the tunnel toward the sea grauble appeared again in the door of the cabin the mate understands he said and the crew will obey i told them that the admiral was going out with us to inspect the lock but the presence of a woman aboard will puzzle them i have placed the princess in the mate's cabin so no one can molest her we have other things to keep us occupied with grauble's help i now bound von kufner to the staunch metal leg of the bunk and we left him alone in the narrow room to ponder on the meaning of what he had heard outside grauble led me over to the instrument board where the mate was stationed any unusual message asked grauble none said the mate i think we will go through without interruption at least until we reach the lock if anything is suspicioned we will be held up there for examination do you think the guards at the dock suspected anything questioned grauble it's not likely replied the mate they saw him come aboard but he spoke to none of them they will presume he is going out to the lock the presence of a woman will puzzle them but as she was with the admiral they will not dare interfere or even report the fact 
then what do you think we have to fear asked grauble only the chance that the admiral's absence may be noted at his office and inquiry made of that the princess could tell us something said grauble we will talk with her grauble now led me to the mate's snug cabin where we found marguerite seated on the bunk looking very pale and anxious everything is going nicely so far the captain assured her we have only one thing to fear and that is that inquiry from the administration office for the admiral may be addressed to the commander of the lock but how will they know that he is with us asked marguerite will the guards report it i do not think so said grauble but does any one at his office know that he came to the docks i do not see how they could replied marguerite he was at his apartment when i called him he came to me at once not knowing why i wished to see him i begged him to take me to see you off i swore that if he did not i should never speak to him again and he agreed to do so he seemed to think himself very generous and talked much of the distinct privilege he was conferring upon me by acceding to my request but he told no one where we were going he communicated with no one from the time he came to me until we arrived at the vessel the guards and gatekeepers let us pass without question that is fine cried grauble von kufner often stays away from his office for days at a time unless some chance information leaks back from the guards he will not be missed our chance of being passed speedily out the lock is good there is a vessel due to lock in this very day and we could not be held back to block the tunnel that is why the admiral was impatient when armstadt failed to appear he knew our departure ought not be delayed and what i asked do you propose to do with the admiral i suppose we must take him with us as a prisoner replied the captain your world state government would appreciate a prisoner of the house of hohenzollern at this suggestion marguerite shook her head emphatically i do not like that she said is there not some way to leave him behind i do not like it either said grauble because i fear his presence aboard may make trouble among my men i do not think they will object to deserting with us to the free world their life in this service is hopeless enough and this is my fifth trip they have a belief that the captain's fifth trip is an ill-fated one not a man aboard but trembles in the dire fear that he will never see berlin again they will welcome with joy a proposal to escape with us but to ask them to make the attempt with the admiral himself on board as a prisoner is a different thing these men are cowed by authority and i know not what notions they might have of their fate if they are to kidnap the admiral but i questioned is there no possible way to leave him behind grauble sat thinking for a moment yes he said there is one way we might do it we could shave his beard and clip his hair dress him in a machinist's garb and smear his hands and face with grease then i could drug him and we could carry him off at the lock and put him in a cell i would report that one of my men had gone raving mad and i had drugged him to keep him from doing injury to himself and others it would create no great surprise men in this service frequently go mad and i am provided with a sleep-producing drug for just such emergencies 
then go ahead i said but you will lose the satisfaction of delivering him prisoner to your government smiled grauble i have no love for the admiral i replied but i think his punishment will be more appropriately attended to in berlin when our escape is known he will indeed have a rather difficult time explaining to his majesty this suggestion of the pompous admiral's predicament if thus left behind seemed to amuse grauble and he at once led the way back to his own cabin von kufner was lying very quietly in his bonds and glared up at us with a weak and futile rage grauble smiled cynically at his prostrate chief i had thought to take you along with us he said but i am afraid the excitement of the voyage would be unpleasant for you so i have decided to leave you at the dock to take our farewell back to his majesty von kufner helpless and gagged was given no opportunity to reply for grauble unlocking his medicine case took out a small hypodermic syringe and plunged the needle into the prisoner's thigh in a few minutes the admiral was unconscious the captain now brought a suit of soiled mechanic's clothes and a clipper and razor and in a half hour the prim admiral in his fancy uniform had been reduced to the likeness of an oiler his face roughly shaved but pale and sallow gave a very good simulation of illness of mind and body he will remain like that for at least twelve hours said grauble i gave him a heavy dose again we went out locking the unconscious admiral in the cabin you may go and keep the princess company said grauble while i talk with my men and give them an inkling of what we are planning if there is any trouble at the lock it is better that they comprehend that hope of freedom is in store for them amid tears of joy marguerite now told me of her belated conception of the desperate plan to induce von kufner to bring her to the docks to see us depart and how she had pretended to disbelieve that i was really going and bargained to marry him within sixty days if she could be assured by her own eyes that i had really departed for the arctic as we waited feverishly for the first nerve-racking part of the journey to be over we spoke of the hopes and dangers of the great adventure upon which we were finally embarked and so the hours passed at last we felt the rumble of the motors die and knew that the movement of the vessel had ceased part six the voice of the mate spoke at the door remain quiet inside he said and a key turned and clicked the bolt of the lock the tense minutes passed again the key turned in the door and the mate stuck his head inside come quick he said to me i followed him into captain grauble's cabin but saw grauble nowhere remove your clothing said the mate as he seized a sponge and soap and began washing the blackened oil from the hands and face of the unconscious admiral we must dress him in your uniform the commander of the lock has orders to take you off the vessel we must pass the admiral off for you he will never be recognized the commander has never seen you obeying without fully comprehending i helped to quickly dress the unconscious man in my own clothing we had barely finished when we heard voices outside quick under the bunk whispered the mate 
as i obediently crawled into the hiding-place the mate kicked in after me the remainder of the oiler's clothing which i had been trying to put on and pulled the disarranged bedding half off the bunk the better to hide me then he opened the door and several men entered i had to drug him said grobble's voice because he was so violent with fear when i had him manacled that i thought he might attempt to beat out his brains let me see his papers said a strange voice after a brief interval the same voice spoke again these are identical with the description given by his majesty's secretary there can be no doubt that this is the man they want but i do not see how an enemy spy could ever pass for a german even if he had the clothing and identification he does not even look like the description in the folder the chemist must be very stupid to have accepted him as one of them it is strange replied the voice of captain grauble but this man was very clever it is only that most men are very dull replied the other voice now i should have suspected at once that the man was not a german but he shall answer for his cleverness let him be removed at once we have word from the vessel outside that they are short of oxygen and you must be locked out and clear the passage with a shuffling of many feet the form of the third bearer of carl armstadt's pedigree was carried from the cabin and the door was kicked shut i was still lying cramped in my hiding-place when i felt the vessel moving again then a sailor came bringing a case from which i took fresh clothing as i was dressing i felt my eardrums pain from the increased air pressure and i heard as from a great distance the roar of the water being let into the lock from the quiet swaying of the floor beneath me i soon sensed that we were afloat i waited in the cabin until i felt the quiver of motors now distinguished by the lesser throb and smoother running from the drive on the wheeled trucks through the tunnel i opened the cabin door and went out grauble was at the instrument board the mate stood aft among the motor controls all men were at their posts for we were navigating the difficult subterranean passage that led to the open sea as i approached grauble he spoke without lifting his eyes from his instruments go bring the princess out of her hiding i want my men to see her now it will help to give them faith marguerite came with me and stood trembling at my side as we watched grauble whose eyes still riveted upon the many dials and indicators before him watch the chart said grauble the red hand shows our position the chart before him was slowly passing over rolls for a time we could only see a straight line thereon bordered by many signs and figures then slowly over the topmost roll came the wavy outlines of a shore and the parallel lines marking the depths of the bordering sea tensely we watched the chart roll slowly down till the end of the channel passed the indicator grauble breathed a great sigh of relief and for the first time turned his face towards us we're in the open sea he said at a depth of one hundred sixty metres i shall turn north at once and parallel the coast you had better get some rest for the present nothing can happen it is night above now but in six more hours will be the dawn then we shall rise and take our bearings through the periscope i led marguerite into the captain's cabin and insisted that she lie down on the narrow berth 
seated in the only chair i related what i knew of the affair at the locks it must have been i concluded after much speculation that holknecht finally got the attention of the chemical staff and related what he knew of the incident of the potash mines they had enough data about me to have arrived at the correct conclusion long ago it was a question of getting the facts together it was that said marguerite or else i am to blame and what do you mean i asked i mean she said that i took a great risk about which i must tell you for it troubles my conscience after i had sent for the admiral and he had promised to come i telephoned to dr zimmern of my intention to get von kufner to take me to the docks and my hope that i could come with you and it may be that someone listened in on our conversation i do not see i said how such a conversation should lead to the discovery of my identity the hulknecht theory is more reasonable but you did take a risk why did you do it i wanted to tell him good-bye said marguerite it was hard enough that i could not see him and she turned her face to the pillow and began to weep what is it my dear i pleaded as i knelt beside her it was all right of course why are you crying you do not think do you that dr simmern betrayed us marguerite raised herself upon her elbow and looked at me with hurt surprise do you think that she demanded almost fiercely by no means i hastened to assure her but i do not understand your grief and i only thought that perhaps when you told him he was angered i never understood why he seemed so anxious not to have you go with me oh my dear sobbed marguerite of course you never understood because we too had a secret that has been kept from you and you have been so apologetic because you feared so long to confide in me and i have been even slower to confide in you for a moment black rebellion rose in my heart for though with my reasoning i had accepted the explanation that zimmern had given for his interest in marguerite i had never quite accepted it in my unreasoning heart and in the depths of me the battle between love and reason and the dark forces of jealous unreason and suspicion had smouldered to break out afresh on the least provocation i fought again to conquer these dark forces for i had many times forgiven her even the thing which suspicion charged and as i struggled now the sound of marguerite's words came sweeping through my soul like a great cleansing wind for she said the secret that i have kept back from you and that i have wanted so often to tell you is that dr zimmern is my father part seven in the early dawn of a foggy morning we beached the idle three on a sandy stretch of danish shore within a few kilometres of an air-dome of the world patrol a native fisherman took grauble marguerite and myself in his hydroplane to the post where we found the commander at his breakfast he was a man of quick intelligence 
our strange garb was sufficient to prove us germans while a brief and accurate account of the attempted rescue of the mines of stassfurt given in perfect english sufficed to credit my reappearance in the affairs of the free world as a matter of grave and urgent importance a squad of men were sent at once to guard the vessel that had been left in charge of the mate within a few hours we three were at the seat of the world government at geneva grobble surrendered his charts of the secret passage and was made a formal prisoner of state into the line of the passage could be explored by borings and the reality of its existence verified i was in daily conference with the council in regard to momentous actions that were set speedily a-going the submarine tunnel was located and the passage blocked a fleet of ice-crushers and exploring planes were sent to locate the protium mines of the arctic the proclamation of these calamities to the continued isolated existence of germany and the terms of peace and amnesty were sent showering down through the clouds to the roof of berlin marguerite and i had taken up our residence in a cottage on the lake shore and there as i slept late into the sunlit hours of a july morning i heard the clatter of a telephone annunciator i sat bolt upright listening to the words of the instrument berlin has shut off the ray generators of the defence mines all over the desert of german soil men are pouring forth from the ventilating shafts the roof of berlin is a swarm with a mass of men frolicking in the sunlight the planes of the world patrol have alighted on the roof and have received and flashed back the news of the abdication of the emperor and the capitulation of berlin the world armies of the mines are out and marching forth to police the city the voice of the instrument ceased i looked about for marguerite and saw her not i was up and running through the rooms of the cottage i reached the outer door and saw her in the garden robed in a gown of gossamer white her hair streaming loose about her shoulders and gleaming golden-brown in the quivering light she was holding out her hands to the east where o'er the far-flung mountain crags the god of day beamed down upon his worshipper in a frenzy of wild joy i called to her babylon is fallen is fallen the black spot is erased from the map of the world end of section eighteen end of city of endless night by milo hastings